0: it is what it do you tune into the Jose Morales podcast I'm your host Jose Morales we're back in the ring with my boy Bobby Axon Jackson what's up big dog
1: what's going on man how you doing? thank you
0: for joining me appreciate it I, I appreciate love it. I love having my man here for good conversations our last podcast was fire <laughs> we did a episode about three years ago uh during COVID you have not checked that out with Bobby we talked about his story how he got into basketball his whole life and uh, if you have not checked that out, make sure you tune into that one. You remember the last yeah, one? Yeah, I
1: do remember. That was really good. It was during
0: uh, COVID. We weren't yeah. really even supposed to be near each other. It was in 2020. Yeah, we had mask on? No, we didn't. We were <laughs> <have> smoking <smelled laughs> <the> cigars. <laughs> so uh, thank you for joining me, man. I wanted to talk about coaching, and I thought you'd be the a perfect guy to talk about. I wanted to talk about coaching from every aspect, from from kids, your kids, to college, to pros, and and what the experience is like, what things we can learn from. And I think you'd be a good dude to talk about this. So thank you for joining me for it.
1: Man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Uh, first, I wanted to talk about uh, your, your new uh, adventure as a coach you just got with Philly. So I wanted to congratulate you on that. Thank How you. was your first little sting with the summer league in Philly?
1: Man, number one, thank you uh, very much. Uh, it's been a long process. You know, player development, assistant coach. And um, early in my career, I was on the front of the bench. And um, now I'm back on the front of the bench. And uh, actually, it's been a great process, right? Understanding what Nick Nurks wants, right? Um, He's really smart and uh, understands the game. Uh, Terminology, I got to figure out um, the delivery. Um, But going into it with open... Open eyes and the, the willing, the ability, the willing to learn, yeah, and adapt to a new situation. I've been in Sacramento for 23 years, so going going to the East Coast is, is going to be something new for me. But I'm mm. I'm looking forward towards the challenge. So it, it, it's it's different because you're not in Sac. But how about being with all these
0: other coaches that you have been with? Because obviously, being here, you were around pretty much the same system, right? Yes. So how was it going into a whole new? Was it were you uh, excited about it? Nervous? What was your emotions going into that? I think I
1: was all all the things that you that you just yeah said. all of the I above. Was excited. I was nervous, um, meeting new people, um, trying to understand what Nick Nurse wants from me. Yeah, as an as top and assistant. Um and I think there's still room that too. we got to work on and grow from and we've only been together for like ten days. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think he's a perfectionist. Yeah. You know, he expects, that's a good thing. He expects the the best out of you. Um, I did. Um, it was uh, a little uh, shocking. You know, I think me leaving Sacramento, I was comfortable. Yeah. Right. And 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 not. Understanding what the, the full spectrum was going to be like when I stepped into it, right? A lot of a, a lot of responsibility. Um, so you know, being a uh, ex head coach, uh, you kind of like got guys that do a lot of stuff for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I got to do all the work, right? And I was kind of like
0: back to the z- bottom.
1: Yeah, I was. I, I had to be thrown back into um, the mix. The, the mix. Yeah. With, you know, doing a lot of film, making sure I had my work, um, everything done on time, but also understanding what Nick wants, right? Mm-hmm. Understanding his philosophy, his terminology. Um, do you guys it, have a lot of
0: communication? Yeah, we do. Yeah. We do.
1: Uh, and I think we're still trying to learn each other. Yeah. Right? And it's going to take time, right? Yep. His last two assistants that he was with, he's with him for almost 10 years. So they kind of knew him like,
0: that's what he likes. Yeah. that's what we gotta do. So now
1: I gotta figure it out. And again, I think that was a little bit shocking to me, uh, trying to figure out what he wants and understand um, the DNA that he's looking for. Yeah. And again, you don't solve things in 10 days, but I was really optimistic and happy about him wanting to teach me the game at a coaching level that I have not learned before. Yeah. So I'm, I'm super excited for the opportunity. I'm happy to be in Philadelphia, and I think, you know, this year is is nothing but big things to happen for uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. Yep, for sure. And we're
0: going to talk about it more. Uh, we're going to dive more into that later about how it all came about, but I want to first start from the coaching from the beginning. And, uh when was the, your first coaching? Was it like coaching your kids? When was the first time you experienced coaching? What was your first yeah. coaching job?
1: Yeah, I, I coached AAU. I coach my kids. I coached my nephews. I coached my son. I coach my daughter. So right, I've always been really hands-on with, you know, just trying to develop them and, and give them something that they look forward to. Um, And it started probably with my nephew, my, ne- my nephew Chris first, right? And then, you know, my son. Kendrick, and then the girls that came down the down the pack. Um, how is it coaching
0: family? Do you feel like it's any different than coaching someone you don't know, or is no, it the it's, same? It's hard.
1: Hard. It's hard. What do you, you know, right? What do you do to separate it,
0: or how do you? What, what's your tips you know, or secrets?
1: So I, I would say with 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 the guys, I was a little harder, right? And I try to take that same approach to the women, and you can't. Right. And and (laughs) why not? You just can't because there's more emotional. Yeah. Emotional. They're different. Um, They want it. They're coachable and they want to be successful. And I think the battle that I had was, right, understanding how to get them motivated to do things the right way instead of yelling at them. Yeah. Right, and you just can't like you just you had to take a different mindset. Some you can yell at, some you couldn't. Okay. Um but with coaching my kids, the difference was I left it in the gym, they didn't. Yeah, they brought like, it home. They brought, they brought it home. Right. And so I had to try to make those adjustments with coaching and understanding like what how, what adjustment did you do for that? Right is is you know how you say stuff? Yeah. Right. I'm I'm am i I'm 50 now and so, my thing is delivery, right? And that's with anything that you do in life, right? And my delivery had to be better when I was coaching even my sons and my nephews, right? And even my daughters, right? And it had to be a little bit better because, you know, you can't yell at a young lady like you yell at a young man, yeah, right? And, and you can't say the things in the presence of a young lady that you say in a man. Um, but finding out ways how to motivate them and get them engaged was 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 it was really tough in the beginning. Um and one of my daughters is really competitive and she's probably has my DNA for on the basketball court and we kinda bumped heads a lot. Yeah. Um because it was just that nature of father, daughter, Did coach. you do ever anything to
0: separate it? So for example, the reason why I say that I coached my son in boxing. And what I did is I would tell him, you know, I, at the gym, I'm coach. I'm yeah. not your dad here. At home, I'm dad, and you can talk to me about things that happen at, at the gym and bring it up to dad later. Mm-hmm. But did you ever
1: create that separation at all? Or were you always the same boat? I was always in the same okay. boat, right? And I think the older I got, um, I start to figure it out. Um, but, you know, I think when you, it's just like parenting. Yeah, there's no rule book to coaching. There's like ways that you want to play, and you know offenses and defenses that you want to run. But there's no playbook when it comes to parents coaching kids, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think that's hard. Yep. Right, trying to draw the line and understanding like how do you get the best out of them as a coach, and then how do how do they not bring home the anger. As you and look at you still as coach because yep. they're still looking at you as coach. They don't look at you as dad. Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't talk to him in that mindset. I just tried to make sure I was more positive. I've I've been kicked out of gyms and yeah, you talk a lot of games. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's just it's fucking me. Talk shit here. Right. So, <laughs> um, but I it. it you know, me getting kicked out, it kind of helped me. Like I got kicked out earlier with my son mm-hmm. because I felt like he needed tough love. Yeah. And we weren't gonna be soft. Yeah. Right? With girls, it was like after I went through that phase, I kinda like kinda whined out a little bit. And the girls were like, you can't be disrespectful. you can't be you can't be showing up like that.
0: Do you feel like girls listen better than boys? Without a doubt. Yeah, I think Without I, a doubt. I feel like it's like that in, in boxing, but I didn't know if it was only in boxing. No, no, no. It's it, life. Yeah, because in the gym, I feel like guys, I'm kind of fighting their ego also. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, like they mm-hmm. got an ego thing. Well, girls, they're so like-
1: They want to be coached.
0: Yeah, they want to be coached they and wanna, listen to everything. It's so much easier to coach a female, yeah, They want to be
1: coached, they want to be loved, um, and they're going to do exactly what you tell them to do, right, and, and they may not have the athletic and the speed, but the one thing about women is they, and females, they understand like what you're saying, and if you say do this, guess what? They're gonna do that. But you better have your thinking cap on because at the end of the day, they still gonna challenge you. Yeah. Like, are you sure you wanna do this? Nah, they're gonna ask questions. Like I had got asked a million questions because I the details about what they wanted from that drill or the yeah. practice, that's the difference between men and women. Women wanna be detail-oriented. And if you what you didn't specify what you were saying and you kind of left it open, yeah. now they was gonna kind of chew it apart. Now men, they kind of like, okay, I got it, I'll do it. Yep. You don't have to be that much detailed with men, but with women, you gotta be super detailed and organized.
0: Yeah. I like what you said earlier too, where you said there's no book on how to follow it, like parenting. I also feel like there's no right or wrong. Do you feel like there's a right or wrong as far as coaching? Or do you feel like certain coaches are better styles for certain people? Oh,
1: that's a good question, man. What do you think? Um, I think like being able to see AAU, being being a player, being a guy that's been coached and mm-hmm. coming up. I, I I do think that again, there's no book with what's the right way to do it. Yeah. I figure like if you can motivate. And get your guys and your girls to do what they need to do to be successful on the floor. Mm-hmm. I think that's coaching, yeah. like, and and that's a part of life. Like anybody can go, but you also got to have talent, though. Yeah. Um, so I don't think there's a wrong answer, but I'm always leaning on to the side like creating positive, creating a positive environment yeah. that allows the youth to grow, to develop. Yes, to grow, mm-hmm. to develop, and that could be. The reason why I bring that up is there's
0: certain athletes or people, right, that do better in certain atmospheres. So Mm -hmm. for example, like you, remember, you remember why you picked your college coach? What did you say? (laughs) Do you remember? Yeah. I was talking to Scotty about this because he was black. Yes. He's like, yes. "Yes." But you said you were, you've never had a black coach and you were interested in to see what that was going to be like, right? So the reason why I bring that up is if you have two athletes or just that, I may not fit well in your atmosphere and the way you coach. Mm-hmm. That may not make you a bad coach. It's just yeah. that wasn't the right fit for me. Right environment for me. Right environment for me. Then I go to this coach, and this coach just brings the best
1: out of me it's probably because I connect better with this person. Yeah. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Uh but I, I always think that like you always gotta adapt to what the kids, who they are. Amen. Like, I love who they that. are, who they are as a person. Uh, like I love how you said I that. Think, I think that's As, that's that's what makes a great coach. Yeah, I think exactly. Yeah. Like you can be a coach that can be a hard ass, and you can have wine. my way or the highway. Yeah, like but if you want the best out of kids, like you got to figure out how to challenge them mentally, physically, and emotionally. And Man. if you can't challenge them in all those three areas, like it doesn't matter what you've accomplished. Yeah, like and for me, I'm I'm always thinking about. Like and I had to readjust my thought process when I started coaching my daughters in high school. So I came in super hard, girls was crying, and they was coming home, like it was crazy. Yeah. And I had to readjust because I couldn't take that men's mindset to the women's mindset. Yeah, like, and it was and teaching them how to play the game the right way. Yep. It was like step, 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 step. And by the second year, we probably was the best team. In the conference, but I had to pull back a little bit and I had to re engage them a little differently. Uh, but it's all about how you re engage your kids. You can I can bark all I want, but if I'm not this kid is not being
0: he needs motivated.
1: Yeah, like that's not the right way to coach. So I think as an amateur coach and as a college coach, I think pros is a little different. Different. Yeah. Like you got to figure out how to motivate your kids and get, the, get, the, best and get yeah. the best out of them.
0: Yeah, for sure. I agree with you 100%. And that right there shows why you're a good coach right there. Because a lot of people don't see that. They see it's like, oh, it's, it's this way and that's it. You got to, nah. <laughs> but you you see it, nah. you know, you like, nah, look, this is what I, you got to bring the best out of your athlete. And every athlete, especially the young ones, amateurs, like you said, they have flaws, no one's perfect. They have their flaws, they got things they're dealing with and your job as a coach is to help them overcome those battles, right? You gotta read the room. Yep, and read the room and
1: figure out what you gotta do. Like, and that's probably the number one thing. That was a huge lesson for me these past two years coaching in the G League. Like, I I wanted to do things so bad. I wanted to run them, I wanted to kill them. And sometimes they they just don't respond. Yeah. Right and so I had to read the I had to read the room I gotta read my athletes. I gotta make sure I'm getting the best out of them, and I'm not forcing my will onto them because eventually they're gonna shut down they' be like, oh man, he don't know what he's doing right it's gonna be like a it's gonna be a back and forth yeah um, the war battle so for me, I always say it, like you gotta read the room you gotta read your athletes um and I'm more on the positive side now. Like and like, I think you can be hard, but you can also be, create a positive environment that allows the youth to grow.
0: Yeah. What's a good trait do you think a coach should have? Like, what's something like you? A good trait you think a coach should have. If you're a coach, you should have this sort of trait. What do you think it is?
1: I think you got to be just like we ask guys to be coachable. Mm -hmm. I think as a coach, you got to be coachable. Yeah. Right, and I think understanding like hard work, right? You can't know it all. Like yeah. I hate guys that think they know it all. Yeah. Like so, be coachable, right? Yeah. And, and that kind of applies to the athletes and the coach because I think when you talk about being perfect, like it's kind of hard, right? And I kind of live in that world where like I want I want to be known for a lot of me working my ass off, right? And me being understanding. Uh, me, me being knowledgeable about the game of basketball, but also me being a great people person. I think mm-hmm. communication is huge. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of things that I can point to, um, but I'm going to say coachable, coachable. Like, Yeah. like be willing to learn. Yep. Be willing to
0: accept your errors and be like, I need to change this yeah, to, man. to better help without the my doubt. athlete. Yeah. Yep. Without a doubt. What do you, uh, there's another thing I want to bring up with you. Do you feel like your your coach, like if you're a, a dad and you're gonna you're looking to put your kid into a sport, when you're looking for a place to put your kid in, are you looking for a coach that's good at what they do coaching, or are you looking at are they well rounded as far as a good person and mentored and so forth? The reason why I bring that up is in boxing, there's I see I don't know if it is as popular in other sports, but in boxing you have guys that are really, really good boxing coaches, but then they have all these other things that are bad that influence our athletes, where now they're smoking weed with their athlete, now nice. they're doing this and that with their athlete. But technical wise in boxing, they're great, great boxing coaches. Do you think that should matter, or do you think no? How do you, what's your take on that?
1: Yeah, I think that that would probably be a hard no for me. Yeah, right. I, I don't care how good of a boxing trainer you are. Like if if you're influencing the athlete to smoke weed and to drink. I think that just that's that's gonna it's a downfall for the athlete. Yeah. Like so, for me, I'm gonna kind of stay away from that environment, mm-hmm. right? And I think I think with anything that you do in coaching, like they, you got like there's gonna you can be known for for two things, right? You either work hard or you lazy, mm-hmm. right? And I and I think that applies in life, right? You're a good guy or you're a bad guy, yeah. Right. So. Um, you communicate or you not communicative Like I think all those those two things come to you in life and if you don't really understand the magnitude and the effect that you have on a young athlete, like now you're leading that guy down the wrong path. Yeah. Like and for me being in this in this world, like I want to I want my kids to be surrounded by positivity and not negativity. If yeah. you can't bring positivity to my kids' life or you can't bring positivity to my line, like, I don't need to be around you. So I think a lot of parents need it, like, some of them want, well, he's the best trainer, he's doing all this, he got all these guys, but is he really helping your kid develop, number one, as a man or as a woman, on and off the floor, Yep. right? He might be getting your, he might be sparking your mindset in the boxing ring, but what are the things that he's teaching him that's going to set him up for life? Exactly. Right, and that sometimes that's me. That's where the failure comes in because a lot of these trainers bring a lot of negative vibes and a, a lot of negative energy into these young athletes' lives, and now they're headed down the wrong road.
0: Same one. I agree. I agree. And sometimes it's not necessarily um, drugs or anything like that, but just energy, like you said, negative thoughts, negative energy. Do you feel that changes, uh, or do you feel like that's the same as you get older in the pro level? <laughs> where you, if you have a coach that's very negative, your athletes, the atmosphere
1: is negative. Do you feel- You are a product of your environment. Yeah, right. I'm a huge believer in that, right? And, and, right, I think you can have your own mindset and how you think, right? But I think being in an environment Mm. where it's it's super positive, right, I think a, a lot of athletes is gonna take a lot of positive results from that. Yeah. If you're in an environment where it's super, super negative and super critical, like guess what you guess what you do.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: It's just like, you know, growing up as a kid. Like yep. If I grow up like eating a lot of candy, guess what? That's what's gonna happen when I grow up as a kid as, yeah. as a grown man. I'm gonna grow up eating hella candy. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just think you are a product of product of your environment. Yeah. Right. And um but I do think there you can write rewrite the ship, right? For and, sure. And make a change because I think everybody makes mistakes. But that's what life is about. Yeah. Like you make that mistake, just try not to make the same mistake over and over again. Yep, for sure.
0: What did, let, Let's talk about your uh, basketball academy. So you have a basketball academy. Tell me when you started it, what made you get into it? What made you want to do that?
1: Well, it's just, you know, I got into it three years ago. I got approached by BTS, Larry Hughes, and Chris Paul, and um, about opening my own basketball academy. And, and we kind of talked about it. You yeah. How did you create your academy here at the boxing uh, at Jose Morales uh, Academy. So I yeah, I just, I, I love basketball. I love teaching. I love developing. Yeah. That's probably the one thing that I love doing the most yeah. outside of coaching. I actually love being on the floor, working with young kids, helping them get better, teaching them the fundamentals of the game, um, but also teaching them how to be great young men and young women when they walk out the door. Yeah. And I think that, Alone speaks value for me. Anybody can coach basketball. Anybody yeah. can coach boxing. What do you teach the kids about life? Yeah. Right? About making right choices, right? And being respectful, humble, hardworking. So that's why I got into it. Yeah. Right. I think teaching kids how to do things the right way. Right? I didn't have these type of opportunities growing up as a kid, right? To to, to go to a basketball camp. I learned how to, I taught myself how to be a basketball player on my own. Yeah. Right? So if I can give this knowledge back, right, I'm just trying to pay it forward. Yeah. And, and it happened three years ago. Um, I got two locations now, one in Citrus Heights, 24 Hour Fitness, Citrus Heights. Um, and then my second location is in Folsom. That's only been over about two and a half months. So still trying to grow that. But yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about the process what we oh, yes.
0: at what differentiates your academy to all the other basketball, like what's different about Bobby Jackson besides I'm a pro the, yeah, and I know I, 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 know, I we know you're the shit, but what, yeah, what, but what 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 do you do in the academy
1: uh, that you think is
0: different that you know they're not gonna get elsewhere?
1: I think the game of basketball is is truly revolutionized and it's being innovative, being creative um not doing the same boring workouts every single day, mm-hmm. because I think that's where it's at. Uh, I, I would say just me being there and, you know, my attention to detail, Yeah, working on the fundamentals, like, like getting quality reps in, like, but stopping the kids. Like if something's not, they're not doing the drill right, stop them, make them repeat it. Dude, right. Yeah. And I, I think, you can form a lot of bad habits by just doing over and over, over and over and not getting a lot of quality work. I'm more quantity over I'm more quality over quantity. Yeah. Right. And I think that's something in life for me. I wish I would have known that earlier because I just went to the gym and I just shot and just shot and I just shot, like just break down the game to the simplest form. Yeah. Whether for sure. it's your footwork, whether it's your shooting mechanics, whether it's your passing, I think everything in life, especially in sports, like, it can be broken down, right? And and broken down to its simplest form that's going to allow you to be successful on the floor.
0: Yep. What's your demographics? Are you, like, little kids, teenagers, a little bit of both? Or what do you think you got more of?
1: I probably got more fourth through eighth grade. Okay. Right? Uh, High school, a little different because everybody thinks they're... They're the shit already. Yes. They're Uh, an eight, yeah. So, but I love I got K through third, fourth through eighth and then high school. So my 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 K through third and fourth through eighth is is the more kids that I have. Right. And they are the ones that's more eager to learn and eager to listen. Um, but they come in with the open mind of getting better every single day. Mm -hmm. And it's a challenge to teach them the game the right way. But that's how we sign up for. Right. It's just breaking the game down bit by bit, compound by compound, that's going to allow them to, to develop on the floor.
0: What's your vision? Are you looking to grow into multiple locations? Or are you looking to grow just those two? What's your vision with the academy?
1: Yeah, I, I want multiple locations, um, but eventually I want my own spot. Yeah. my own. I haven't had my own facility, um, but yeah, right now is to get as many 24-hour, get into any many 24-hour fitness locations as possible. Right now we're in two, um, and hopefully we can get, um tie up the whole Northern California and, and just monopolize this market. But eventually I would like to have my own gym, my own space um that I can call home and, and you know from there. and go from there. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the big picture is figuring out how to manage and grow your brand where it can continue to sustain this stuff yeah. for years and years to come.
0: I've had multiple parents and kids from here that went to your academy and they've all said great things about it. So I know you're doing something right.
1: Well, I I'm parents to.
0: and kids. Man, I'm trying. Tell me to. both. I, I know it's tougher. What do you think is easier or what do you think you do better at, coaching the little kids or teenagers?
1: Uh, probably little kids, but I, I, I'm i probably harder on the teenagers because yeah. they think they know everything. Uh, but the the good thing, the, the great thing about little kids is like they are so impressionable. Yeah. Right. And they just want to learn how to dribble. They just want to learn how to pass. They just want to learn how to shoot. Right. And I think we're in an environment where everybody wanna shoot long threes.
0: Yeah.
1: No, get on get under the gym and focus on form shooting for like 15, 20 minutes every single day. Then you can step outside start and start shooting. Start shooting long jumpers. But I always tell kids if you're K through third, like all they're doing is shooting from here. Yeah. Just get in the rim and just work on the form. Doing it right, doing it the right way. Like if you can figure this out first, now this makes this comes a lot easier than having to change your whole your form, own. your shot trajectory. Like because they don't have the body and they don't have the mindset and they don't have the form and the strength to create a great shooting habit. So I like say shoot right here. This the rim right here. stand right there. Shoot from the rim. Get your good form
0: first that's that's huge it's crazy it's the same thing with boxing i try to explain that to people it's like just start very basic first you're over here trying to do <laughs> crazy ass shit right away when, and it's when you an you got your man. you got the beginning all messed up you it's know
1: where we in man they want quick quick fast solutions yep right and you know i think instant. it's instant gratification. gratification so fast they don't want to put the work in they want the quick Success that comes, whether it's on the floor, off the floor, fast money, yeah, right. And and I think it's the generation that we in for sure. Like, so I think we just gotta slow them down. Like, and I tell kids this all the time. Like, you know how long it took me to be an NBA player? Yeah. You know how long it took me to be a top assistant coach? Yeah. I became an NBA player at 23. I started at nine. Yeah. Right. I retired in 2009. And now it's 2023 yeah. to being a top assistant. It takes time. Like, and so when people want, man, I want to do this real fast. I want to make a lot of money. i was like, yeah. Nine times out of 10, that ain't going to happen unless you want to hit the lottery. Yeah. Or you find a bag of money somewhere, <laughs> right? So um, I just think it's the times that we in where kids got to be willing to put the work in and yeah. understanding that it's going to take time to be successful on the floor, off the floor, football, boxing, baseball, whatever whatever it is. Like you gotta put the work in if you wanna be that special athlete. For sure. How do you,
0: now that you talked about, you know, getting an assistant, how did that transition go from retiring to getting on the coaching bench? Like, cause I know you were a player (laughs) developing first, right? Yes. How did you, how did that go? Tell us, talk talk to
1: us about that transition. Man. So you retired and then what? I knew I wanted to coach. Before maybe five, six years before I retired. How did you know that? I just the way I love the game, yeah. How I studied it, how much film I work watched, and you know just the questions that I asked the coach, and wanting to be a part of the coaches' meetings, and understanding like defensive philosophies and offensive philosophies and tendencies of the game. Right, I knew I wanted to do that five or six years down the road, um, but you know my old GM was like. You can come right in. You can go right into scouting. We don't have a spot for you as a coach, but come in and learn. And then I did scouting for a couple years. And then I had an opportunity to join who was, I think it was Paul Westfall's staff. Yeah, Yeah, with with Cousins. Yeah. And And, um, yeah, that was an eye opener for me. Why Uh, why was it eye opener? I want to hear this. It was, it was. Because we were really bad. Yeah, we were bad. We were really bad. And, you know, like coming in the first year coach, not understanding. Like I knew what it took as a player. But as a coach, it's a whole different Mm -hmm. ballgame. Where you got to study film. You got to cut clips. You got to come out with sky reports. You got to make sure you watch film with the guys. Like it's an ongoing process. And then you got to develop. You gotta develop the guys to do to do the work on the floor. You, yeah, what you guys want. So for me, it was it was a tough process because process I had never been in that situation before, mm-hmm. right? And, and it opened my eyes up to man, this is a lot of work, right? But I was I was open to it, right? Yeah. And I was super engaged about learning and figuring out how to maximize the potential to become an assistant coach.
0: And that's how you got into the coaching, assisting, and all that. How, and that's how you landed the head coach job in Stockton. Yes. Did you stay as, as in a coach, assistant coach, throughout the whole time? Right.
1: Um. Oh no, because you not were with Stockton. I was the head coach for
0: Stockton. No, I mean, but you stayed with the Kings' head uh, and uh, the coaching no, job yeah, for a while. Yeah. But then you left for a little bit because you were doing the 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 TV analyst stuff and all that, right? Yeah,
1: I left for a couple of years. Uh, well, I actually took a job in Minnesota as a player development coach, went there for a year, year and a half. Then I came back and I did T V for a couple of years and then when Vladdy got in and he, he was like, We need more ex players on the floor with the guys. We don't have that many ex players around. I was like, sure, cool. I would love to do it. And so from there it just you know, I just honed in on my player development skills, learned. Um, how to be an assistant, start developing my own philosophy, style of play, yeah. terminology, you know, schemes. How do you get
0: coaches to buy into your, I mean, how do you get athletes to buy into your philosophy? What's, what's your, how do you handle that? How do you do that? You gotta know what the hell you talking about.
1: Yeah. Number one, right? And I think, right, And I think laying it all out, breaking it down by component, by component, like offense, defense, ATOs, timeouts,
0: making pieces,
1: plans right uh you come in with the identity like what's the identity and culture i want to create as a coach yeah right um you kind of write all that stuff out It's a lot of work that you got to do but i think the really good coaches kind of figure out and understand the the direction that they need to take um so it took me a while to understand that you know and i started creating my own philosophy my own culture my own dna the style of play i wanted to play i try to Like, I think you can only kind of do three or four things really good. Everybody wants to do seven, eight, nine, ten. Like, that ain't me. I think, like, in the area of basketball, be great at four or five things. Don't try to be great at ten. Like, trying to be great at ten, now you all over the place. There's too much going on. There's just too much going on. Um, So, I try, like, to break it down that way, offensively or defensively. Um, Game planning, Mm -hmm. understanding how to strategize. Uh but I always say this, like if you got good talent, it's gonna make you look like you <laughs> you can be the worst coach, but if you got some good talent, you they're yeah. gonna make you look like you know what you're doing. Yeah. It's just like boxing. Yeah. Like, if you got talent there's, there's coaches like that. Yeah. So uh but when you don't have it, now you gotta really coach. Yep. Right. And and it's a part of the process that comes with Figuring out how to be For sure. a coach that can still engage his guys and get them to buy into doing things the right way. Yep. I try to explain that to people. I'm like,
0: man, I'm in Roseville and I have people competing in boxing. Hmm. In Roseville.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know how hard that is? Man, it is. Yeah. And I think that's a testament of who you are as a coach because you're taking people that don't have a lot of talent. Yeah. Right? Um, that They probably think they have a lot of talent. Yeah. It's just like the basketball world, right? And they come in and they think they know. Yeah, like, and you then got people all. that
0: have never even had a street yeah. fight in their life. Uh, and I'm over here training to get in a fist fight with somebody. Man, listen. Yeah, it's, it's I know it. Right?
1: And i <laughs> I deal with guys that haven't been drafted. Yeah. You think they NBA players.
0: How how was the G League coaching the G League?
1: <laughs> I'd say it was probably one of the best experiences that I've ever had sure. in my life. Why? Just for the simple fact, I think if you want to be an NBA coach, I think you need to coach in the G League. I think that should be a requirement. Requirement? Why? Because it prepares you. It prepares you. Give me an work. example. Give me some why. Why? What, what about it? Because you got, like, you like you actually the leader of everything. Yeah. Like, you manage, you coach, right? And you communicate. Like, you've yeah. got to manage your whole staff. you got to manage the equipment guys, you got to manage the strength and condition guys. You got to manage everything. Everything. It's got to be on time. You got to have meetings, right? You got to create schedules for the guys, lifting weights, practice times, shots after practice, shots before practice. So for me, like, it taught me, it really taught me how to be organized Organized <laughs> in the sense that I mean, I'm not an organized guy. Like outside of basketball. Yeah. Like, I know that. And, and <laughs> no, no, I like like that. I come in here and I'm like I come to your boxing class. Like I'm ten always minutes, five late. minutes late. Yeah. <laughs> Practice at eleven, I'm in the office at eight thirty. Yeah. Right? And and so I think because I knew what I wanted, right? And I think when I know when I want something and I wanna be really great at it, I know I have to change my mindset and perspective of how I wanna do it. Yeah. Right? And and you know. I didn't want. I don't want people saying. I don't care what people say about me when I walk into a boxing gym because I don't really care. I'm not trying to be a boxer, but I really do care about what people say when I walk into yeah That's the basketball ring. It's you, right? Because I put my I put poured all my blood, sweat, and tears into it, and I think I want to be recognized for you know number one being humble, hard worker, great communicator. Uh, but a guy that's respected throughout the league. But I want to be. I want to. I want to give young men the opportunity to go make a lot of money and live mm-hmm. their lives and be successful with it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Hell yeah, you did that two years, right? Two seasons. Mm-hmm. Two seasons. Yeah. I could definitely see how that would prepare you for for the big league. You it's know different. what I'm saying? It's yeah, it's, it's definitely. And, and it's, and it's how, how did, a challenge. How did that? convert to, how did you get connected with the Philly? Like,
1: how did that come about? Oh man, I would say about two and a half years ago, I reached out to Nick Mm -hmm. Nurse. And when I took the job, I was like, it was two guys I wanted to talk to. I wanted to talk to Nick Nurse, because he came through the G League. And I wanted to talk, I talked to Taylor Jenkins, Mm -hmm. the head coach from Memphis. Both ex head coaches of the year. One has, Nick has the NBA championship. Um, Both have been extremely successful, Um, but Nick has just said whatever you need. Gave me some 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 trinkets and some some info that that stuck with me. Um, But I like he's super engaged and understands the level of basketball um, that a lot of people don't understand, right? And it's like he's like engaging, like he's shockingly smart and understands. How to grow the game, how to develop the game. And for me, I haven't been around somebody like that before. Right. And that's how the relationship kind of matured. And we just kept in contact. But I think my agent had a little bit to do with it as well, pushing me and, you know, talking to Nick um, a lot, but also me trying to build a lot of that relationship on my own. Yeah. And then that's where I evolved to getting you on the staff. Yes. Right. And it, it
0: was. Right? It was... I yeah. could definitely see you being a head coach, man. You have... I would like to. It's going to happen. I would like to. Process, like everything, like you said, is going to happen. Is a process, but I, you definitely, in my eyes, I see all the good traits that I
1: feel like a, a coach has. And That's, I think you have. I always would, would say this, like, you never understand what your destiny is as, as a coach when you step in this league. Mm-hmm. Who You don't know, right? Like, you don't know what your path is. Like, there's guys that Became head coaches. I'm just like, man, I've been doing this way before him. Yeah. There's guys that's been assistant coaches for 25, 30 years. Ain't never had a shot at a head coaching job. Yep. There's guys that didn't
0: put. But I think you're doing it the right way because you're you're doing all the all the all the yes. work that people don't want to do. You yes. take you 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 doing all the gritty work.
1: Yeah, you know? and, that's, and that's hard. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people like and
0: people want to skip all that.
1: But if you can. Like, I don't think there's nothing wrong with it. You just have that ability to do that. Yeah. Right now, are you going to know the steps that that's required when you get there? No, you're not. But if, like, I can't be mad at him if that's how he got there. Yeah. Like, it took me 15, 20 years to figure out take- how. To, like, so for me, like, if you can get there quicker and mm-hmm. understanding, like, the dynamics and the makeup that comes with it, so be it. Yeah, But I think everybody needs to go through that step, like going through the G League. Like, you don't know what it really takes to be a head coach until you walk in those shoes. I know what it takes, right? And you can't tell me anything differently. Like, I had the number one team in the league this year, right? We had the best record in the league this year. Um, My first year, I struggled, Yeah, right? We went about 500. Right, and so I had to make adjustments, and I think that's the good thing about the G League. It really humbles you, and you got to be like, man, I can't do what I did last year. I got to change up everything and what yeah. I did offensively, defensively, practices.
0: I think if anything, it's probably even harder in the G League because you lose players mm-hmm. out of mm-hmm. nowhere. Out of nowhere, they take one of your best players, right, and then boom, it take it for
1: a couple of weeks. Yeah,
0: so I think that's
1: even harder. That's the hardest. Yeah, like being like being able being able to plan for a game or practices practices and you don't know what your roster's gonna look like. Yeah. A couple of times this year we had right before our games, our two-way guys got called. Like and it happened like, oh, we taking Keon, we taking Nimi. I'm like, we just started. They're not gonna play there. Yeah. Um so that was just something that you always gotta be able to deal with. You yeah. right? I think having good quality players in your team where they're gone, they step in, the other guys step in, and they you, you don't miss a beat. Yeah, everything That's, keeps that, going. That makes a lot – it solves a lot of the problems throughout the season when you can have quality guys that can step in and manage the game when, you're, when your best players leave.
0: Yep, for sure. For sure. Man, I think we covered a lot as far as coaching as far as your career. You talked about the academy. Um, we talked about how you got in the G League and now in Philly. Is there anything else you think it's we should cover as far as coaching that you uh, you think I skipped or missed?
1: Man, I, I just think like I think parenting and coaching. Yeah, right. And, this is a good one. Like, I think you're right. Yeah, I think Being on the same page. Yeah, being like understanding the dynamics because it's I think parenting and coaching and AAU sports and whether amateur sports, uh, I think it's it's getting. Ridiculous.
0: Explain. Explain. Oh, uh, this is good. I think there's a good one you bring up. Um,
1: explain this. Just the uh, overbearing. Um, oh, my kids gonna be this. My kids gonna be that. And um, right. I think. I think. Do oh, you feel
0: like some parents? I I use this for example. I've had parents come here with the kid that they want to make the next Mayweather out yeah, yeah. right? And the kid don't want it. Yeah. The parent wants it more than the kid. Mm-hmm. And they're pushing something on the kid <laughs> that they don't really want. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. Are you talking about like that aspect yeah, also?
1: definitely talking about that.
0: Yeah. yeah, where where you're not letting the kid be the kid and find yeah, what they, they want to be. The, they're living, they're living through, through kids. the kid. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. that's the best way to say it. When you through live
1: through your kids and your kid doesn't really want it or love it, I think that's just the rest of the a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Right. And I, I and I'm always a firm believer like I say like I shouldn't have to ask you to get up and go work out. Yeah. I shouldn't have to get up, ask you to let's go get shots up or I shouldn't have to ask you to let's go box everything. Mm-hmm. Like you should be pulling me and saying, "Hey, mom or dad, yeah. let's go to the gym. Like I need to get some work in."
0: So what do you do there? What do you recommend? If you have a kid that doesn't want to practice anything, not just a basketball that you want them to practice. Do you let them just be lazy and not do
1: shit, or do you force them to do something? What do you do? No, I always say, I always say, you got to do something. Yeah, right. And it may not like <laughs> like my youngest daughter. Like all my kids play basketball, right? And she went out and she went for one day, and she was like, "Nah, this ain't for me." <laughs> <laughs> she was like. No, nah, that's not for me daddy. I can't do it. Like she <laughs> foaming at the mouth and everything. My youngest daughter. Um but like I but me and her mom was like you got to find something that you love. Like you yeah. got to do something. You can't just sit at the house all day. So she started doing tennis and she's engaged to it. Um she's locked in with it like and we're not putting the pressure on her. You want it or you got to be a women's player. Like but you got to find a way to be active and do something that you love yeah. doing. And it is it's like we're not looking for her to get a scholarship. We just want her to find something in life that's going to shock her, give her a joy, but also fulfillment in life that is going to allow her to be successful. Yeah. Right? And she's watched her All her siblings play basketball. She's She's been in the gym since. Yes, she's been in the gym since she was a little baby. So now it's not fun for her. It's not fun for her. So, um, but I'm like, I'm gonna tell you, like, just find something that you want to do, but you can't not do anything. Yeah, right. And whatever it may be, just can't sit at home all day. We gotta find things that's gonna shock your mind, shock your body, but give you some sense of joy that's gonna Mm -hmm. give you some productivity when you wake up every day. Yeah,
0: that's a good one. I yeah. can see how, you, like, you gotta
1: find something. It don't gotta be what I want you to yeah. do, but you gotta
0: find something. How do you get on the same page with parents? What do you do? And first, do you have a close practice or open practice?
1: Like, do you have parents watching, or is I it... have, I have, like, with my stocking team, mm-hmm. I have open practice. Open you, practice? You can come by. I've had plenty of teams and plenty of college guys come by. Like, so I I like
0: them to see the about face. How about with your- Basketball Academy, are the parents allowed to yes. be sitting there watching? Yep. Yeah. Okay. How do you handle, uh, do you have conversations with the
1: parents about how engaged they are during practice? Or yes. What do you do? What do you tell them? Yeah. Um, I tell like, before they even sign, just let them know. Like, once your kid steps in the door, just know we got them. Mm. Right? Because, like, you know, a lot of kids be like this. Yeah, looking at the parents. Every time they do something wrong. And for me, it's... You sign this contract and let me coach your kid. You sign this contract and let my developer coach your kids, right? And I think it's the reason why you bought them here. Yeah. Right. If you don't want to have that mindset, you should go training yourself. Yep. But I think when you bring them into an environment to allow somebody else to train you, they don't. You don't. They don't need to be coached by somebody else. Yeah. And I find myself in that situation sometimes with my daughter. Right. And um, you got. I I have an opinion about something, but sometimes it's like not the best opinion. And she'll check and be like, I didn't need you to say that, Daddy. All right? Just just come here to support me. Yeah. Right? Sometimes you just need to hear that as a parent. Yeah. Right. And uh hopefully they, they grow in that environment that allows them to be successful. Right? Because as parents, we can be, we think we know everything. Yeah. We think we see everything, right? And I don't know shit about tennis. Right, um, but I can tell you, I catch on quickly. <laughs> I catch on quickly.
0: Uh, I can see you having a hard time staying quiet. So I, I can see that. It's hard.
1: Yeah, I've right, I,
0: I done the same. I'm, I try to not to be that way and be outspoken. Yeah, yeah. And then my son's playing soccer and I don't know shit about soccer, yeah. but I feel like I need to say something. I'm like, I, need, I catch myself like, hey, I'm, not, I'm just a parent right now. I need to shut up. I'm always say something. If the
1: effort's not there.
0: Yeah. That's what I get with yeah. my son. I'm like, like but I need effort.
1: That's that's half my thing. Like, if, yeah. if you're giving me half ass effort, why are we here? Like, if yeah. if, you can mess up the volleys, you can, like, but the effort has to be there. If Man. you don't want to put the effort in, like, why are we wasting my time? And that's 95% of the time why I say something, because you didn't make a better effort to go, yeah. to go hit the ball.
0: Did, were you able to get a point across with effort? How did you get the effort out of them? Like if, what, what? I need help some with that Some less
1: right? and some didn't. Right? What did you I do? think you- I could, have a
0: hard time with that with my son right now. Yeah. Certain things, he doesn't put effort in. I'm like, man, just put a little effort, like.
1: I think, I, again, I think it's just generational. Yeah. Right? And I think because we give our kids everything. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I gotta work hard? Yeah. I already live in a nice house. <laughs> I already got a nice car. I'm already eating three square meals a day. Yeah, I'm good. Right, I got nice shoes. I got nice clothes. Like, so,
0: yeah.
1: why? Like, yeah. and so I think um, just allowing them to realize and making them realize, like, being able to be blessed. Um, but it's not the right way to go about life. Yeah. Right? And I think if you take a lackluster performance and you don't put your effort into it, it kind of follows you in line. Right. If you give a little bit of effort here, guess what? It kind of you go to your you go to school with work, your your homework. You put a little bit of work in there. Yeah. Like I just think, like, it kind of translates to everything that you do in life. Right. Sure. And Right. I, and I always think you can have effort with anything that you do. Right. Yeah. And I think nobody should be able to talk about that or criticize that. Yeah. Because you can control that. Yeah.
0: Isn't, isn't that? That's the same thing I tell my son. I'm like, man, just put effort. I'm not asking you to. You gotta be perfect, but just show that you're trying. <laughs> just try. Just fucking try. That's yeah, it. Yeah, man. Because it's definitely frustrating for sure. Um, next thing, now that we're on the parents and and coaching and all that, how do you, how do you handle a parent that's not on the same philosophy as you? Do you tell them, hey, you know what? go somewhere else? Do you try to engage with them and try to get them to believe and see what you're seeing? Or uh, how, how do you handle that? So if I come here and I'm 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 a little bit, we're not on the same page, do you try to get me to see your vision or you cut it off and hey, you know what, go
1: somewhere else? Uh, yeah, you... uh, that's a hard one. I ain't never had that. Yeah, I deal with that a lot with boxing. Yeah, I ain't never had that. I think, you know, I think you've been in a situation that, you, that you're in, I think you got to have a level of confidence and a level of security within yourself, and the parents gotta know. Like coming into this gym, like that don't fly. Yeah. Right. Either you can you can take them somewhere else, or you can be quiet and listen to what we got going on. And I'm not trying to say I know everything, but this uh, how this is my this how I do it. Yes. You don't like it? Find a new place. Yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's not nothing. Nothing, nothing. I, I don't want to sit here and talk to you about how I'm running my business. Yeah, like you signed a contract, you know what it is. Like, yep. so I'm not gonna go back and forth on you telling me all oh, what he should work on or what he yep. should be doing or what he, she should be doing. Like, all right, like if you feel that way, go train your kid yourself, don't yeah. bring him here. Yeah, like I don't need to explain to you what we're doing. Like, if, once I start explaining, I, I'm not an explaining type guy anyway, mm-hmm. like, especially to like, I like. You're paying paying customer, but I don't give you the right. <laughs> I don't give you the right to tell me how to run my business and how to train your kid. I think some people want that though. I think some people are like, look, I'm paying you,
0: you gotta meet yeah, my my nah. needs. They see it like that. Nah. Not everybody, but nah. I've had dealt, I have dealt with certain people nah, that are man. like that, where they're like, well, this this is how I see certain things. Really, you know what I'm not common, not all the time, but I've had, for example. I'll tell you a little story. Like, I've had situations where, where, and, and at the end of the day, this said a lot about the parent than anything else. Because uh-huh. I had this parent, and I'm going to switch the scenario just so, because if I tell you these details, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> but Asian guy has an Asian daughter, right? And he wants her to be the world of everything, right? Uh-huh. And he's complaining to me that I don't have a connection with her like I do with, with these other boxers. And he's saying, I think you, I, I wanna see you connect with my daughter like you do with this boxer and this boxer. And he's like, I think it's because they're Mexican.
1: <laughs> right? Right?
0: No, check this out. Check this out. And then uh, and then while he's saying that, while he's saying this to me, I'm standing right next to Amy, and Amy's, you've seen Amy, yeah, yeah, yeah. A white girl blonde yeah, hair. Yeah. I'm like, yo. Do do I not have a good connection with her because she's not Mexican? I'm like I don't understand where you're getting yeah, this from, yeah. and, and 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 but the reason why he was saying that is because he wanted me to, 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 um, take his daughter and do this with her and do that with her. I'm like, dude, I don't have time to do all that, bro. And and not no not just that it's just your he he didn't get it is that your daughter is eight years old, oh, and God. there's not that many girls that compete at eight years old. So to get a competition for an eight year old girl compared to an, an adult girl is a lot easier. So he took it as I'm just choosing not to let your girl compete and I'm okay and I want everyone else to compete. In his eyes, he thought I was picking and choosing, but it's Who's not- She's eight years old. Exactly. Who's
1: eight- she gonna fight at eight years old? Yeah,
0: see, so it's, so sometimes I deal with situ- situations like that. That's one of them Oh wow. where parents are kind of like, they think I'm, I'm Picking and choosing who I'm working with, and that's why setting up the levels like I do here, mm-hmm. with it makes it very black and white. I ex- I expect this out of you. You do this, we we'll make it happen. We go what, on to the next. What thing. is
1: the normal
0: comp compete age that they should start at? Honestly, well, USA boxing the rules is eight years old.
1: Really? Yes.
0: Anything below eight, you can't.
1: They are competing at eight years. Eight old? years
0: old. Yes. Now. That's when they can compete. Now, that, that means... You, way
1: too long to begin hitting in the head?
0: Yeah, but they're going one minute and they're not really... And, and to be honest, I feel like it's the best to start competing at a young age because there's nothing another eight-year-old can do that's going to seriously hurt another eight-year-old. Yeah, well, you know what I'm saying? Especially so it's actually,
1: with the gloves. And yeah, and headgear is a lot safer. So yeah. I'd rather have
0: my eight-year-old box at eight years old uh-huh. than 17 years old, yeah. to be honest. So off the rule book, eight years old, you can compete. But that doesn't mean you're going to have a competition because now you still got to find a dancing partner. Now we gotta find another kid that's eight years old, that weighs as much as you, that has the same amount of experience as you. Wow. And to find boys is easier, but to find girls, there's not that many eight-year-old yeah, it's little hard.
1: girls yeah. that are
0: competing. And that's what some parents don't understand. And then they feel like I'm- So what was your solution to it? My solution to that one, I yeah. talked to the parent. I, I literally I literally looked at him and said, you're saying in a, in, in a nice way, you're saying I'm racist, that yeah. I'm only working with Mexicans, and, and not Asians, right? So <laughs> what I did is I said, I looked at Amy and I'm like, she's not Mexican. And I I and I do a whole bunch of things with her. Yeah. Same thing with Levi. Levi's black. I yeah. do a whole bunch of things with him. Yeah. All these other I have all, of my everything I don't think here. You're racist. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, you're I've, you're been like around,
1: I've been around you for a long time. I don't think you're racist.
0: <laughs> but but it was just at the end of the day, the parent was really trying to push something and not really understanding the the one, the sport. Yeah. And, and the way everything works, and they're pushing
1: the kid to do something and they didn't want to do, even the kid didn't want to do it. I think being on this platform, right? You know, as you know, teachers and educators, I think number one, bringing the parent into the world and sitting them down that some parents need to be talked to. Yeah, right? and, and for sure. Yeah, sometimes you can be like, man, get the fuck out of here. Go, you know, Like, but I think some parents need to be educated about the parameters that comes with amateur sports. Yeah. Right. And, and if they don't get educated, guess what? They continue that same cycle, the same mentality over and right? over. Right. And then it kind of hurts the kid. So I think yep. sometimes you can. Hurts the like, kid, yeah, it for hurts sure. Hurts the kids in developing. I noticed one thing that,
0: that help ha- If the parent is watching and the parent's nervous, suddenly the kid's hella nervous mm-hmm. too because they're seeing their parent. And then also some parents can't handle their kids getting punched. Yeah. Right. And they're they're like, oh no, I don't want them with him. Nothing. They're like panicking. I'm like, man, you gotta chill out. Yeah. Chill out. So yeah, it's definitely, definitely a challenge. But that's a,
1: but that's a tough sport though. Like to be punched in the face and have on gloves. Like that's that's tough for a parent to be like, ooh.
0: For sure. Ah, ooh.
1: <laughs> you know, so it's tough, man. And but you, know, he- you should know that before you bring him here. Yeah. Right? So But they don't know. They look at it on TV and video and like no, I, mean, I want my kid to do that. Yeah, but you
0: should know that punching comes with the sport before you bring it here. Like yeah. you should know that if you're signing up your kid for boxing, the chances of them getting punched is pretty it's
1: high. Be, <laughs> it's gonna be pretty devastating. Yeah. Right? And you know right. And I think that's like your world is is way different. I mean, just because like when parents walk in my gym, like they just sit there, they just be like this, like, and they be in awe of like, oh, I didn't know he can do that. Oh, I didn't know she could do that. Um, and you probably get parents that use it as a babysitting thing too. Like, Mom, Drop it I off and they and then
0: they're gone. But huh. the
1: thing about it is only an hour, so you you can't be gone too long. <laughs> um, so right, um, I think that it, it's a good tool to have, but right, I think. Parents, some of my, some of my, I got really good parents that come in and they just drop the kids off. Some stay, some leave. Um, and some look for the development, right? Some, some of the kids be like this, like every time they do something. Um, and I, I have no problem with that. I just don't want the parents yelling and walking on the floor when we're teaching class. The parents know like, stay there. You can teach from afar, but don't be yelling and screaming and distracting your kids and getting them to pay attention to you. For sure. Yep.
0: Hell yeah. Hey, thank you for bringing that one up. That was a great one. Talking about parents and talking about, you know, how to interact. I think that's, um, that's huge for sure. Uh, is there anything else you want to add to this, uh, this subject or anything you want to
1: man? Uh, I think coaching, I think, I think you hit it all, right? I can, there's a lot of things I can talk about that the world of sports, the direction that it's going and um especially you know when in, in basketball and football yeah right you know when kids get in college NIL deals right you know getting paid in high school yeah, now in high school yeah man i thought it was just college no they get paid in high school now so there's a lot of different things that we can talk about but i think that's just a, a different podcast that right we can kind of approach and when it, you um, start monetizing yeah it. you start monetizing everything and you know figuring out how to talk about financial literacy uh, education well, I think there's a lot of different things that uh, we can kind of jump into that allows and give viewers a different perspective of how we see it and, mm-hmm. and what we ta- how we take out of it why well, we're for sure going to do another one I'm going to do another one when you're a head coach in the NBA. I mean, you know I'm here.
0: It's it's going to happen.
1: Uh, Let's
0: let's do some fun questions real quick. So, boxing's coming up this weekend. We got Crawford and Spence. What's your prediction?
1: Crawford and Spence. I'm going to probably go... I think Crawford is a much better skilled boxer. Uh, I think Spence is probably... His technique is not as great as Crawford's. Probably a little bit stronger. A lot uh, stronger. He's a, a big dude. <laughs> um, but I think I think I think Crawford is is technically probably one of the best boxers out there for sure. Uh, so
0: what's your what's your prediction? Your your last, what, What's the verdict? What do you What do you think's gonna be? Decision, knockout, split decision, unanimous
1: decision. What's it gonna be? I hope it go all twelve, but I. I think Crawford would probably knock him out in like eight, Ooh. seven or eight. Damn. All right. I love
0: Crawford. He's my favorite boxer right now. What you got? I think Crawford wins. Um, I think Crawford's very technical. He's very smart. Mm-hmm. He takes away everything you're good at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, he, he studies you and he eliminates all, all your good things. He takes them. So I think he wins based off of that. The thing that I see about Spence, he's a lot bigger. Yeah, yes. And he hits a lot harder. Hard, yes. And if he catches Crawford, I wouldn't be surprised if he hurts him. But the matter is if he's going to catch him, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so Crawford hits I, hard too, though. Yeah, he does. He does. They both hit hard. Yeah. And what I like about Crawford is he's a dog. Yeah. When he hurts you, he takes you out. Yeah. So I think I think Crawford wins. Um, I think it's a 50-50. Decision? I think it's going to be decision, if not, late stoppage. I think okay. maybe 11 or 12. But to be honest, if any, what I think, if anyone gets stopped, it'd be like something crazy with Spence hurting Crawford, maybe. Yeah. Okay. But but otherwise, decision Crawford. I think okay. it'd be like a unanimous decision Crawford. Okay. I think he'll box him. OK. But I, I just hope, I'm just happy that they're fighting. You know, Man, this shit took a, a long time. Yeah. Long time.
1: Everybody keep ducking each other. Right? Yeah.
0: That's the thing that sucks about the sport, you know, the, all the, and it's not necessarily that they're ducking each other, but it's all the negotiating. You have to do business with somebody you don't like.
1: Yeah, that's crazy.
0: So that right there, it's going to hold up a lot, you know? So, all right, another, let's do another fun question. Um, Who is your top favorite basketball player ever?
1: Michael Jordan. Why? Just my era. Yeah, you grew up in that time. Yeah, I grew up in that era. Um, I played against him and right, I think. How was it
0: playing against the guy that you
1: was your favorite basketball player? It's crazy. That was, Ta- share the like story.
0: This. Share, share the story, the first time you played yeah. against him. Oh.
1: Uh, That's a good story. 1997, my rookie year, um, this is when they was 72 and 10. And man, they came into Denver uh i'm in like i'm like this starstruck starstruck like in <laughs> awe um had a bad game had a really bad game and after the game i might like i was actually waiting to talk to him after the game and he was like what was wrong with you tonight i was like man i'm not gonna lie <laughs> I was starstruck, bro. Like, I I grew up, I like, I've watched you my whole life. You know, I was a huge fan of you in North Carolina and the Bulls, right? I was just, like, in awe. I like, I couldn't believe I was on the court with you. And, like, he was like, listen, our game plan was to come in and shut you down. Like, and we did that. I said, he said, from this point on, You put your clothes. I put my clothes on just like you put your clothes on. So don't come in here looking at me or anybody else like uh, I said. At the end of the day, I at the when I had that conversation, I've never had that that ever again, ever again, yeah, ever again. So it was one of those moments in life where you just like you just start you you in awe, Mm -hmm. right? And the reason why he's one of the greatest players. Why he is the greatest player to ever play a game, right? six NBA championships, um,
0: eight, 15,
1: 16 year All Star, Defensive Player of the Year, MVP. So, right, four time, five time MVP, right? So, you know, the list goes on, right? And I think eras, everybody can talk about eras. And I think that's a good thing about saying who to go. Right. Mm-hmm. People of LeBron's ever gonna say LeBron, people of Kobe's ever gonna say Kobe, people of Wilt Chambers ever gonna say Will. Like it's it's always a great debate. I don't think there's a wrong answer, right? I just think, you know, it's 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 great for debates. Yeah, for sure.
0: Was there ever a time where someone was starstruck when they played against you or anything like that with you? Mm-hmm. Nah. No? Nah? Never not right. that I remember. No. Nah.
1: Yeah, not that I remember.
0: Uh how do you I I'm gonna bring this up now that we're talking about it because I see that a lot in boxing where we'll go spar or we'll go train or we'll go fight somewhere and my athlete or other athletes are ah because yeah. they see somebody they saw on TV and then they fight different because of that do you think um it's something that it's it, you gotta get rid of as quickly as possible or is that is there or is there something that there's
1: nothing wrong with that no, I think you got to get rid of it it's, especially it's, when you're competing yeah, against these people, right? Yeah, as, as fast as possible. Yeah. Right? And I think it, it helps you become a little bit more successful, right? And, and I think is there's a there's an energy um that you focus on when you get in the ring and it's not a positive energy. It's yeah. a, oh, I want to see if he's looking at me. I want to see if I can showcase my skills. Yeah.
0: And then you give the person res- too much respect yeah. when you're like that. You you can't give them respect. No, He's gotta you gotta be can't. like,
1: this is my house. I don't care who you are. Right, and that's just how the world works, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, especially in boxing. You gotta be kind of, like, you're in the ring by yourself. You gotta kind of be <laughs> locked in and not yeah. having any outside distractions. Yeah, and no doubt. The smallest thing can get you knocked out yeah. or get you beat. So I think having that focus and being like, you know what, I see him, but I got to handle business. Yeah, um, I think it's just something that like you just got to, like, whether the boxing, the boxing ring or the basketball court or the football field, I think athletes go through it all the time, but they watch people that they grow up with and then they step on the floor and be like, oh man, yeah. I can't believe it. So I think it's called nerves of steel. You yeah. got to kind of figure out how to have those nerves of steel For and, sure. and be able to deal with right, the, the professionalism and the stardom that comes with the storm. Yeah, I had
0: an Instagram question for you. Someone asked me, they wanted me to ask you, what do you like
1: about golf? <laughs> what do <laughs> I like about golf? I love, what do I love about golf? So, um, Hitting the ball straight every single time, right? And I think when I started 20-something years ago, I think I always was trying to figure out how to be competitive on the golf course. I found out a way how to be competitive on the basketball court, but I wanted to find a way how I can be competitive on the golf course where I can try to become the best golfer um, that myself allowed myself to become. And it's just trying to be consistent, hitting the ball from the tee box, hitting the ball from the fairway, chipping and putting. I've always tried to figure out ways to manage the game the right way. For sure. All
0: right, cool. I think that's all the questions uh, that I had on um, as far as random questions. Um, how can people stay connected with you? People want to connect
1: with Bobby? How can they follow you? You got a Twitter, Instagram. Oh, man, I don't even use Twitter no more. I have it. What is my Twitter handle? I think it's the Bobby Jackson. This is my Twitter handle, Handler. handler. What is it? Ha- handle? I
0: think handle. It's
1: handle? Yeah. Handle. Yes. Yeah, handle. Yeah, you What's your out. Instagram? My Instagram is the uh, Bobby Jackson All right, cool. All right, holler at me. Yes, sir. I'm locked and loaded. All right, now the uh, last
0: thing, um, this one's actually gonna be aired after the fight. So people are gonna see this and they're gonna see if our predictions were right or wrong. Okay. So uh, we're right, because we both got Crawford winning. We're yes. right, watch, right, mark my words. We're right. Um, thank you so much for joining me, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back in a couple weeks with another episode. And we out. Boom, deuces.